You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Vince. Hello, everybody, and welcome to issue 219 of the Comic Book Informer podcast, coming to you on June 16th. How you doing this week, Raj? Ever so slowly getting better. So, yay. <laughs> well, I figured this week would be another great time to take a look at some more DC stuff, mostly because, well, I don't know about you, but I was really excited for the new issue of Batman. I saw this and it was like, holy crap, I went from never wanting to talk about DC to all DC all the time now. Well, it's either that or Secret Wars. What do you prefer? There are other choices than Marvel and DC. Absolutely. And we cover them quite frequently. I know. I'm just saying. Right now, DC is the big story around, so. Mm. Mm. I'll give mm. you the Batman, yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Batman for so for those of you that remember uh, when we were discussing the Endgame storyline, supposedly Scott Snyder killed off Bruce Wayne. And during the free comic book day issue, we got the little preview of the new Batman in the robot suit to come to find out that it was Jim Gordon that would be taking over as the new Batman. So with uh, issue 41, written by Scott Snyder, art by Greg Capullo, Danny Mickey, and FCO Placencia. Wow. I, I was expecting some big stuff from Snyder. And I was, I don't want to say I was unsure of what to expect, but. You were. No, I, I You were knew. point blank saying too, like you were like there's only so many things he could do. I was the one who said I have faith in him. And look it, it paid off. He exceeded well yes. beyond <laughs> what even I would have expected. Like we should know by now, Snyder have faith, but man, this was really, really good. I don't this is kinda like a Doc Ock thing. Like, I don't know if I want Bruce back. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Because it is, as I was reading it, it was again one of those where you're thinking, again, in the, in the hands of a good writer, you can have a fantastic story without the main character. And we've seen it in other comic books, and this is the same thing where you're like, wow. So when you get to the end, I was actually a little disappointed because I would actually like to see quite a bit more of this. And yeah, I am of a similar mind. I think I recall him saying on Twitter, though, that this particular story arc he has planned for 18 issues. So, so that'll be good. we'll see where he gets by then. And again, have faith in Snyder. We, we, we've learned. And the one thing that really sold this, though, you've got this giant robot bat suit, Greg Capullo. The artwork in this issue was amazing. The inks were fabulous and the colors like. This was a gorgeous comic book. And if you're going to sell a goofy concept of Jim Gordon running around as the new robot Batman, I can't think of a better way to get that point across. It's quite obvious, though, that he watched Chappie beforehand because <laughs> this thing is just got Chappie written all over it, especially with the ear things. Yeah, And they, they even had to make it a point to call have Jim himself call out the bunny. Yep. Look, to to get that out of the way because, yeah, it does kind of look like a bunny rabbit. Like For me, though, looking at it, like it looks an awful lot like uh, Appleseed was, was my first uh, yeah. impression when I saw it. 
still, it's it looks cool. Uh, I like how uh, you can tell there's a lot of aspects to the suit that we haven't yet seen. I, I loved when he was, you know, just in the aircraft carrier. Like, what what is it? The bat carrier? Are we going to call it? <laughs> and he's just hanging upside down. Like, it's such a striking figure. And as long as Capullo's drawing it, I, I think we're in good hands here. Yeah. Yeah, it is a story arc that I'm really, really looking forward to seeing what he does with. Unfortunately, the rest of this week's offerings, not quite as interesting. (laughs) Moving on to uh, some of the new number ones from DC's, uh, again, not relaunch, but new DCU campaign is what they're calling it. New, new relaunch. Yeah. Uh, we have Earth 2 Society, written by Daniel H. Wilson, art by George Jimenez and John Roche. You know, I read this issue. I wrote notes. I still had to flip through it again before we started recording because for the life of me, I couldn't remember anything that happened in this. Yeah, it is kind of weird because neither one of us were really following Earth 2 all that much. So I don't know how much of the continuity has followed through in this earth too i have no idea so it was it was kind of weird reading it and not having a clue what was going on yeah just like with uh batman beyond last week how that came out of the futures and many like not many series <laughs> this uh this also came out of the earth Two world's end series and uh, i said it's for a comic that so much happened there there's just nothing memorable about it we get the new batman which i'm guessing is supposed to be dick grayson but the fact that we never saw him as dick i I think they're kind of trying to pull a switch on us here uh but yeah we get the exiles from earth 2 finding this new home (laughs) crashing and killing half the population right off the bat like good job guys but yeah we have a uh, dick grayson uh huntress power girl you know superman red tornado uh flash and it's just i don't know like this whole comic it was just completely forgettable to me again though you're saying that but i don't think that you're putting enough importance on the fact that we weren't into Earth 2. Yes. So sure. had we been really into Earth 2 and we were quite familiar with these characters, this might have been a great issue. Because as I'm reading it, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was thinking mm-hmm. this would probably be pretty damn good if I had a clue what was going on. If I'd been following Earth 2, then this might be a lot of fun. But because we haven't been, that's why it was so meh. Mm -hmm. And I was really into Earth 2 before the World's End weekly series started. So I really want to get back into Earth 2 because I like those characters and I like uh, at least what James Robinson and Tom Taylor were doing with it. (laughs) But I'll check out issue two, but my hopes aren't really too high on this one, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Higher than Freaking Starfire, that was for damn sure. Yeah, Starfire, number one, written by Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti, art by Emanuela Lupacino, Ray McCarthy, and Hi-Fi. On one hand, it's a lot better than Scott Lobdell's Starfire from Red Hood and the Outlaws. On the other hand... She still just wants to nail everybody. (sighs) (laughs) Seriously. Like, this was stupid. 
why why does she have to be so you know dumb i mean and just completely naive like i i I'm assuming in continuity, this is still the same Starfire that at some point was part of the Titans. You know, she's been on Earth before. Like, uh, I, this was just not fun. Like, it was, it was a chore to get through this. I don't want to read a comic about a goldfish. Basically, that that's how this Starfire read to me is she's a goldfish as a superhero. Hey, first of all. Who's the chick that was with her? I'm assuming a, a new character they've introduced because I got nothing. Neither do I. So all of this time I'm going, A, who is this? And B, why is she being forced to help Starfire with all of this stupidity? Mm-hmm. Why? What's the point here? I don't understand the the little gimmick that you're trying to do here isn't working because I don't understand who she is, what she does, why she's doing this, why she feels she has to. And that doesn't take away from the fact that once again we have the, well, it's even in the stupid title things that they have for some of the pages, the wet and wild, you know, like oh, showering God. outside was... and just flashing and, and this wanting to nail the young guy and everything. And you're going like, so we basically, and I'll have to bleep it, but we turned her into a fuck buddy again is what we've done. And it's like, oh, come on, really? The mindless fuck buddy, that's all she is again. In a different way, though, like they tried to change it and she's still no better. Like that That's the most frustrating thing. They, like they looked at Lobdell's interpretation of Starfire and went, OK, no, that's wrong. We need to make her, you know, the, the fun loving Starfire that everybody remembers and, and we'll make her kind of naive. And, and But at the end of the day, they ended up right back where they started again. It's just frustrating. And I really wanted this to work. But God, guys, what are you doing? That was terrible. And every aspect of it, like the stupid scene where she starts crying in the car and then the, and she's a cop too. The, the, the dark haired woman is a cop mm-hmm. or a sheriff. I don't know exactly what, but like you, you're thinking this woman's going to be hard nails, hard as nails kind of thing. And it starts crying because this alien orange alien beside her starts crying because they're talking about a dead grandma. And I'm going, Oh, come on. Really? Hey, there's just so many st- Stupid things throughout. It, it, it led me to believe again. Once again, I'm, I'm I'm trying as I'm reading these things to be far more um, remove my from myself from it when it's not when it's clearly not written for me. You know, mm-hmm. if it's not something that's aimed for my particular group of, of, of guys kind of thing and women, then fine. Because when you're looking at the st- Stupid, different little things, like with the little emoticons throughout too, and you're going like, "Oh my god, this was written for like really young teenage girls." I'm thinking, yeah, and if it is, that's not the message that, we want to get across. Yeah, that makes it even worse. Yeah. yeah, and then just one more thing to heap in there. That's not how hurricanes work. <laughs> A hurricane doesn't just show up like, oh, hey, the hurricane's here. We better leave the island. <laughs> you know a hurricane's coming. If you live on an island, you know you need to leave before the hurricane gets there. Not, hey, oh, by the way, the hurricane just showed up. We need to get everybody off the island now. 
they're sneaky those hurricanes now but the, that if that's how hurricanes are working now man i'm terrified there might be a hurricane showing up right now i better go check outside the door now that you get your sarcasm out of your system can we talk about comics that we liked now sure <laughs> all right <laughs> for what we're reading I did like a couple DC comics this week, though, in addition to Batman. We also had Detective Comics number 41. And ever since Brian Buccoletto took over, because you know, it kind of bounced around from a couple writers for a while. You know, Lehman tried to do his thing. I, I forget who was on there earlier. But Brian Buccoletto took over, I want to say, about a year before Convergence. And he really transformed Detective Comics into a unique voice amongst the Batman franchise by, well making the story about the detectives. It, it really started getting into how Harvey Bullock and the other uh, Gotham PD worked with Batman and, you know, how they fit into the whole Batman formula. Not as much as Gotham Central did because Batman was still the central character in the stories, but it made the supporting cast important as well. So now here we have with Detective 41, we now have the Jim Gordon Batman and again, Francis Manipole on art, killed it just as much as uh, Capullo did. And the story is entirely about Harvey Bullock coming to terms with there's now a sanctioned Batman as much as he hated working with Batman before. Now he's being forced to because the police have their own Batman. I, I really enjoyed the story and I I'm really looking forward to seeing where they go from here. Cool. Especially because at this point in the story, Harvey doesn't know that Jim is Batman. Like it takes place before the Batman number 41. Oh, so like, I, I'm really looking, uh, I'm really excited to see, you know, that scene where he finally finds out who, you know, who's in the armor. So, uh, yeah, really liking that. And then Gotham Academy. Please tell me you read Gotham Academy. No, I actually, I had it open last night and I was going to read it and I just, I fell asleep. Maps continues to be the greatest <laughs> character in comics. <laughs> to the point where I liked a story starring Damian Wayne. That's kind of hard to believe. I I love this comic. I, there's nothing more I can say that this comic is still the best thing DC is putting out. As great as Batman is, you know, as much fun as some of their other stuff is, Gotham Academy is DC's best comic. I'm not going to argue with you. I don't necessarily agree, but it's up there for me as well. Yeah. Uh, jumping over into the Marvel side of things with uh, The Secret Wars, I read Ghost Racers. And it was everything I dreamed it would be. <laughs> the story is pretty simplistic, which, eh, you know what? It's kind of what I expected. The artwork was fantastic. I I just love Ghost Rider. And seeing multiple Ghost Riders on screen, on panel, at the same time, it was just a, a big, you know, fun, over-the-top comic. And I, I enjoyed it for what it was. And then Secret Wars Journal. Normally I avoid like these anthology tie-ins to a lot of the big events. I checked this one out because the cover art really drew me in. We had uh, Misty Knight and like this Miami Vice style 80s story. And yeah, that one was okay. Um, I'm, I'm not really. The art was cool. Like I liked the style, but the story itself was yeah, take it or leave it. But the second story that was in the last half of the issue. It was so stupid it was brilliant. <laughs> I'm going to assume you didn't read this. No, I didn't. Okay. And in this particular battle world, it's one of uh, the ones ruled by Mr. Sinister. And he has two 
slaves that he's taken in the forms of Daredevil and Elektra, where Elektra is his huntress that hops around to uh, various areas and hunting down rare prey for Daredevil to cook because, well, you know, he has no sight. His senses are enhanced. So that also includes his taste and his smell. So he's a fabulous cook and he hates life because he's imprisoned in Hell's Kitchen. So stupid. I loved it. But (laughs) what they do with that goofy concept in like a dozen pages, it actually was a really good story. And the artwork was fantastic. Give me a second to see who did the art on this one because they deserve some praise. Jonathan Marks. Okay. And colors by Miroslav Marva. Marva. There's well, there a, you go then. There's just there's like a something missing there, a few letters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the like the pencils were cool, like as a style, but the colors were really fantastic, really made it work. And it, I said for such a goofy concept, they actually told a really good story in a, a very limited number of pages, and I really appreciated that. I, I really liked it. Cool. All right, what have you got for us this week? Not nearly as much as last week, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, give me a second here. Oh, did you read uh, Spider Gwen? No. Have you like pretty much given up? I, I haven't given up. I'm just taking a little time off okay. <laughs> to see how how things go. Um, this one was better than the last couple, actually. Okay. And, Good. Uh, more confrontations confrontations between her and uh, this world's Matt Murdock. So. I mean, there was a like whole... That he's like Kingpin's Enforcer or something, right? Yeah, yeah, he's just not a very nice guy. Um, so that was cool. But then they had to go and do a whole bunch of stuff with with the Mary Janes and the, the this and that. And that, that stuff was kind of like, yeah, that's kind of meh, lame. But the uh, the stuff with her and, uh, and Matt were pretty cool. But All right. I'm getting really close to actually clock, clocking that as well. They, they're... The only reason for me to read it is the hope of something cool, not the actual enjoyment of each issue. So I said, it, it's a comic we both want to enjoy and want to do well. I said I, I haven't given up. I'm still interested. I'm just not necessarily reading it month to month. Did you read the Spider Verse number two for Secret mm-hmm. Wars? So I, th- this is one of those weird ones too, where. Well, you have to remember that they were kind of made to forget about Spider-Verse. Right, through Doom's manipulation. Because otherwise you're like, you guys know each other. Why are you pretending like you don't know each other and stuff? But once you take that into account, um, I liked it. I liked the stuff in this. It was was cool seeing them, the, the various spiders together again, teaming up. And throwing the noir Spider-Man in there was a nice, uh, jolt to the team dynamic. And he was awesome. Yes. He was <laughs> bloody brilliant. I, I loved it. He didn't really get much of a chance to shine in the Spider-Verse series itself. So Not this like this. Him. Not like this at all. This was great. But this is the stuff we were talking about before. We'd want to see more offshoots or whatever kind of thing with some of these characters. Give them some, some time to shine. And that was cool. Was I the only one that saw Freddie Mercury in Craven the Hunter? In that last panel, I don't. I, I, I wasn't really digging the art and the issue. Like, oh, no. there, especially with Anya, like every panel she was in was just 
awkward. Like almost like they forgot about her and had to draw her in at the last minute. Seriously, look at the picture. It's like a a, a miniaturized Freddie Mercury. It was. It's just yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Move on. I'll I'll, uh, I'll look while you're. What else have we got here? Did you read the Marvel Zombies one? Yep, that's oh, Freddie no. Mercury. And yeah, I actually did, I actually like. See what I mean? It is. It's, yeah, that's Freddie Mercury. All right. Oh, that's weird. Um, what did you think of the uh, Marvel Zombies? I like Elsa Bloodstone. She's a cool character, so uh, she got to shine here. Uh, the zombies themselves are kind of <laughs> disposable, but I'd read a Bloodstone series, so I'm down with it. Yeah, I overall I agree. It was it was one of those where I don't know if I'm ready for an, yet another zombie story. But as we've said over and over again with other things, it's it's how the story is told that matters. So it's it's not so much a cool effect of seeing who's going to be a zombie anymore because we've seen that enough. Don't really mm-hmm. care now. It's just make sure that it's a damn good story, and uh, it has very good characters, and that's what this has. So enough to really, really, really get under my skin that I have to read the next one. No, no, but it was good, but it was, it was nothing just that spectacular. Um, lastly, and just very, very, very quickly, and then you can move on. Um, are you reading any of the Black Widow right now? I've, I'm so far behind on it. It's going to be a project to catch up because I enjoyed what I read and I just kind of lost track of it. it. It's been good. It's just been good. She's a great character. Always love the character. And... What we've seen in this series of her has been, in my opinion, the best that's been written of her kind of stuff. Like, it's been really, really cool stuff. I've enjoyed it a lot. And this last issue was, it was good. It was really good. Like, big changes for the character as well. Hmm. And as always, the, the art in this series is so unbelievably good. It It never gets old. So, that's going to be it for me. All right, then. Well, this week's new releases, believe it or not, Marvel's not putting out as much as they have in the last couple weeks. Uh, I've heard they're actually hitting some delays on Secret Wars, so they're kind of having to space things out a bit more. But they're bringing us Armor Wars number two, Magneto number 19, Ms. Marvel number 16, Old Man Logan number two, and then number one for Runaways, Squadron Sinister, and Thors. From DC... uh, Get ready for some number ones. They're putting out a ton of them this week. We have Black Canary, Doomed, Dr. Fate, Harley Quinn and Power Girl, Justice League of America, Martian Manhunter, Prez, and Robin, Son of Batman, as well as the one-shot for Mad Max Fury Road, Furiosa. From Image this week, we have Low, number 7, Manifest Destiny, number 15, Southern Bastards, number 9, Stray Bullets, Sunshine and Roses, number 5, and Tech Jacket, number 10. Boom Studios brings us a really cool series uh, called Fiction. Uh, it actually sounds like something you're really going to enjoy, Roger. And then from IDW... Well, tell me what it is. <laughs> sorry, let me, give me one second and I'll give you the exact solicitation. You can't just say, oh, this will be something you like, by the way. You can't, you can't just trust me on it? Moving on. <laughs> Screw you. Tell me why. All what was right. it called again? Fiction. Fiction. That's right. 
Yes. Uh, What's to love? Kurt Pyers is a fountain of fascinating ideas, and we're excited to publish his latest offering, The Fiction. Fans of titles like Lock and Key and The Unwritten will take to the story about a group of childhood friends who discover doorways to other worlds through a set of strange books. Bringing the story to life is David Rubin, who Paul Pope dubbed as a big talent and a real deal. What it is. Four childhood friends discover a box of strange books that, when read aloud, can transport them to the beautiful imaginary worlds described within. But when one of them goes missing, the others vow never to reveal where they've been and what they've seen. Years later, when one of the remaining kids, now an adult, also mysteriously disappears, it's up to the last two of the group to dig up their dusty books and find him and finally figure out what happened to their friend all those years ago. Hmm. Hmm. I'm going to look up blend between lock and key and Narnia. Yeah. Hmm. Curious what they'll do with that. But of course, I'm sure it appeals to both of us, the thought of, you know, transporting to fantasy worlds through mm-hmm. reading books. Mm-hmm. And then to finish out this week, IDW brings us Ghostbusters Get Real, the first issue of a miniseries that actually sounds pretty fun, where the comic book Ghostbusters are going to car- cross over with the cartoon Ghostbusters, <laughs> as well as uh, the first issue of another Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Tur- mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that That's spectacular. <laughs> It's like little presents that you get. <laughs> the first issue of a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles miniseries with Casey and April, number one. And that's going to wrap us up here at Comic Book Informer. As always, you can find us online at comicbookinformer.com or on Twitter at CB Informer. And for our other listeners, we finally are getting back on track with our For the Lore <laughs> podcast. We did another Dungeons & Dragons episode and... I can't believe what these jerks are doing to my campaign. <laughs> you said that you can't do anything wrong. Nope. I Trust me. Being able to surprise me is a gift. <laughs> like, I plan out so many different possibilities for what you guys can do. And when you come up with something that even I didn't think of, kudos. Because it's that much more fun for me to have and to drive the story forward next. And You didn't think we'd become pirates? Well, way to spoil it, Roger. <laughs> Jeez. He's been talking about it on Twitter or everything. It's not like it was hidden. So if you'd like to listen, <laughs> find out how they become pirates, make sure to check out the latest issue episode. We don't do issues on For the Lore. Make, it's For the Lore 150. You can find it at ForTheLore.com. And until next week, thanks for listening. Make sure to stop by comicbookinformer.com and let the guys know what you think in the comments. If you'd like to hear more from Roger and Vince, check out Popcorn Ronin, a bi-weekly movie, TV, and anime podcast, as well as For the Lore, a weekly gaming podcast.